Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hot Mess Teaching Show. I am your host, Danielle Alana. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I usually, guys, go into a long spill of the introduction for the podcast. You guys will have to send me a DM on Instagram and let me know, do you like podcast intros or do you want to just hop into the topic? For me, I know when I personally listen to podcast interviews, I kind of skip them. I'm just going to be honest. But, um... Happy Monday to you guys out there in listener land. I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. Um, For us, we are just getting back from uh, Greenville, South Carolina. I visited there over the past few days. My husband had a conference that he attended, and I just got an opportunity to uh, tag along. So I very much enjoyed that, getting out of the house and getting to explore a new city that I've never visited before. It was really wonderful just to kind of... Uh, bust up my mundane routine, so to speak. Um, I want to get into today's episode, and it is a bit of a heavy topic, so I just want to give a trigger warning to anyone because we will be talking about death and loss. Um, so I, I don't know like exactly what I should say for the introduction. So you know, we are in a new season of the podcast, and this is just an episode that really because of personal experience recently was laid heavily on my heart and I hope that it is helpful to you. So last week, um, I am still very, very connected with all of my past students. Well, I I can't say all of them, but if I taught a student before, I see them as an extension of my family because we spent so many days together. We spent over 180 days together. I spent that time with the student personally, getting to know their families, getting to know their likes, getting to know their their dislikes. So I usually stay in contact if at all possible. So I am the stalker teacher that afterwards, and I'm not going to recommend that people do this, but I'm just going to say what I do personally. After I have a student in my class, sometimes I will add their parents on social media just to keep up with them so I can see updates like when they graduate and stuff like that so last year I had the opportunity to and this is off tangent this is on a tangent not related to what we're going to talk about on the podcast today but last year I had the opportunity to um, witness my first class that I ever taught I taught them when they were in elementary school I witnessed them graduate from high school and you know, I no longer even live in this state, and me and my husband, we took the three-hour drive um, to the town where I completed my first year of teaching to witness those students graduate. I'm not sure if I talked about it on the podcast. I may have, but it was just such a surreal and such a full-circle moment for me, and I say all that to say that the relationships you build with students are very, very important and it doesn't necessarily end after when you're no longer their teacher. Sometimes it does, but for me, that necessarily hasn't been the case. So last week, um, it was actually one week from today, I was on Snapchat and I had one of my students a long time ago added me on Snapchat. I think he wasn't in my class because that was always my rule. Like, nope, you're not going to be my friend on social media if you're in my class. No way, Jose. But I think after the school year had ended, the student had added me on social me- on Snapchat of all the things. I think maybe one day I was taking a snap and he took it for me or something. I'm not sure how me and the child even became 
Snapchat friends, but last week when I was on his Snapchat, I saw a very heartbreaking video. Like, it broke me down to my core. He basically was posting that his mother had passed away. And I had no clue. I found out on Snapchat. So, of course, I reached out to the student and expressed my condolences. But it broke me. And I think in that moment, my immediate response was to go to Instagram, which I don't know why when we're dealing with grief, when we're dealing with loss, why social media is the first place that we turn. I don't know if it's how our our brains have been restructured, but I knew that it was not my place to process that grief at that time being so new with the community on Instagram. So I did not post anything at all, but it was a very difficult day for me as I, I, I was crying a lot, um, just thinking about my student and the loss of his mother. He's 15 years old now and how losing a parent, you know, impacts a person. I know you guys probably are unaware of this, but when I was five years old, I lost my father. He passed away. So I was in like kindergarten and it was so, so long ago. I don't too much remember all the details and I was so young, but still, no matter the age, when you lose a parent, it really, really impacts you. It really, that's something that sticks with you for a very, very long time. So I was just really tore up about this whole situation and it got me to thinking about how many students have lost parents or close loved ones in the past two years as a result of the pandemic how many students are walking through grief and walking through loss and as an educator how can we help our students to navigate this very, very hard space of grief and loss. You know, it's a space that we don't want to find ourselves in, but it is a reality that is is true, right? There are even times as educators that we're on the other side and we're dealing with grief and loss and we're expected to not fully process and be and grieve and deal with the things that we need to deal with but we're expected to be on and go right back to work and you know continue as if nothing happened so that's what today's podcast is all about I hope in a few moments to share some helpful tips I found a rare a very helpful article about walking through grief and loss with students and I'm going to share that with you, um, some of the highlights from that article. I will also link this article in the show notes. And I just, my hope is that it is beneficial um, to you because I don't know if you have personally dealt with this recently or if you know a student who's dealing with it. So um, here are going to be some general tips to support students who are dealing with grief and loss. And this is for students of all ages. Um, The first tip, um, I found this one to be really helpful because 
you know, sometimes we have blinders on in the classroom. And I say this, I'm always speaking of experience from myself, but when dealing with a class of 28 students or more, sometimes when something happens, we can laser focus in on the student who's dealing with it but sometimes we forget because we are focused on the other 27 needs or if you have more than 28 students you know the 30 something needs in the class so um, one thing that you can do as a teacher is be understanding and tolerant of the common grief reactions because I think when I read this tip this was something that I kind of forgot about but it's important that we we bring this out. So here's some common grief reactions. Now this is going to sound very simple guys, but I do hope that you take it into consideration. Decreased appetite, difficulty sleeping, a decreased ability to concentrate, increased sadness, and social withdrawal. And then some students also feel angry towards the deceased for leaving them. So let's unpack this a little bit. What might this show up as in the classroom? We found out a student has lost a parent or lost a loved one, and all of a sudden they're sleeping in class. You know, as an educator, if we don't necessarily know the full background of what is happening at home, or maybe we do, but we see the student sleeping in class, we might take that as a personal blow. Oh, they're they're acting as if my lesson is boring. Oh, they don't want to pay attention. They don't want to be engaged, forgetting that the student might be having difficulty sleeping at night. So now they're trying to sleep in class or the decreased ability to concentrate in class, not being as engaged, not being as with it as they previously were, you know, dealing with the subject matter that you're teaching because they have a whole lot on their mind and they're trying to concentrate on other things. So that's something to just be on the on the lookout for. Increased sadness and social withdrawal. I also dealt with um, sometimes when students were dealing with heavy complex issues such as these like grief and loss. Sometimes I noticed a really negative thing of the students would begin to act out. Like they were seeking some sort of attention. So be it negative or positive attention they would try to do it they would try to get that from me in in any way whether it was negative or positive which is very unfortunate but it's something just to be on the lookout for um another thing or a tip that you can do as an educator helping a student through grief or loss is be simple and and straightforward with the students um I think this is a personal preference but they said like use words like death and dying and avoid using they went away they're sleeping they departed they passed away because it could be confusing for young children but I think that's really a matter of personal preference I don't think it's anything wrong with saying I'm sorry someone passed away I think that is better it it feels better and sounds better to me than hey I'm sorry your dad died you know it just so that's one thing in the article that I didn't necessarily agree with. And I think it's just going to be a personal preference about how you choose to have that conversation. But one thing that you should always do is be brief, be patient. Um, you may have to answer questions multiple times if, if it's a younger student. 
um, or even if it's an older student, because they might be having difficulty concentrating. Listen, acknowledge feelings, and be non-judgmental. I think that's going to be very important because grief is not linear and it looks different for each person who is dealing with it, whether it is a full-grown adult or a child. So it's not linear and I think we should always be mindful of that. Um, a variety, like going to the, the last thing I just said about it not being linear, a variety of feelings are normal. So we should be sensitive to each student's experience as there is no right way or there's no wrong way to respond to a loss. So the feelings and behaviors will vary across students and will change throughout the bereavement process. Um be sensitive to cultural differences of students um, and the way that they are expressing grief or honoring the dead. I think that's really big. And I think that everyone, myself included, that we could learn more about the cultural differences because I learned a long time ago that students, every student in your class, think of each individual student as bringing their own culture to your classroom. So let's say you have 30 students in your class or 30 different cultures in your class because even though one person might be Hispanic or African-American or Caucasian, the culture that a person is involved in, of course, it is reflected by their ethnicity, a part of it, but also the culture of their home. What does the culture of their home look like? So I think I definitely don't know enough about what different, what cultural differences exist, even if you're just thinking about ethnicity groups with how they honor um, when someone has passed away. Um, maintaining a normal routine in your classroom and engaging the students in activities that I previously enjoyed can be um, helpful in this situation. Provide opportunities to talk and ask questions and use these questions to guide further instruct instructions and discussions. You can encourage students to share their feelings, um, but not in ways that are disruptive or hurtful. Um, the last tip that I'm going to share, which um, is sometimes out of outside the control of the classroom teacher, but um, you can see if your school guidance counselor has um, grief groups so that the students can um, be surrounded by their peers who are also dealing with this. Um, my guidance counselor in previous times I've had guidance counselors. If they didn't have like a grief group, they would just pull the student individually to just talk and to help the student walk through the difficulty that they might be facing. This article also goes into different um, tips for specific age groups. Um, so they give out tips for preschool. They give out tips for elementary school. Um, and they uh, also list um, a list 
a detailed list of possible reactions. So I'm just going to give an example. Middle school and high school, possible reactions. You might notice that they have poor school performance, anxiety, depression, high-risk behavior, substance abuse, emotional numbing, and even suicidal thoughts. I really like how um, this article really breaks it down for what you can um, look for. Um, it's a very, very helpful article. And as I said, I will link it in the show notes, but grief and loss is something that we all deal with. It is something we all hope to not walk through, but it's a reality of life. You know, death is a reality of life that we all must face. We must deal with, but I do hope that being caring educators that we can with grace walk with these students who are dealing with it. I hope this episode was helpful Um, here on the podcast season two. I plan to share topics um, that are very important and also just like different topics. So it'll be easy for um, people to search the podcast and find it. So um, if you are listening now, I would love it if you could leave me a review. I know this podcast isn't as high energy as it usually is. I think it's probably just the sadness and the nature of what I'm talking about that doesn't have me as high energy as I normally would be. Um, thank you guys again for your support of the podcast. You could give me a review. That would be absolutely wonderful. If anything resonates with you, please share on social media. I thank you guys for everything, and I will talk with you guys in the next episode. Bye.